I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers, with class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license. Well, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. Welcome back to another edition of Pack Therapy. I'm your host. I'm Joe Giglio. This, of course, is Wolfpack great Mike Lennon. We are now a few hours after NC State's very surreal performance last night. A 22-21 win over Virginia Tech at Carter-Finley Stadium. There's going to be a, a range of emotions in this podcast today, Mike, because I think it's appropriate because there were a range of emotions at this football game last night. Where, where would you, where would you, Mike Glennon, like to start after witnessing what we saw last night at Carter-Finley Stadium? Where would you like to start? Because huh. I've had multiple requests in the subsequent time since the probably halftime yesterday to now, like, hey, man, I really need some pack therapy today. So I want to be there for the people. Let's go chronological order. You want to go in chronological order? Let's do it, yeah. All right. Well, let's start with what did we watch last night? What was that? So that was a – let's get the defense credit. Okay. The, two defenses that played well in the first half. All right. Yes, we had we had 10 punts in the first half. There were 11 total first downs, nine by State, two by Virginia Tech in the first half. It looked like neither team wanted to lose. It looked like each team was thinking, you know what? If we can get nine points, we'll probably win this game. Yeah. That's what the two coaches looked like. It did. I remember at the game last night, the guy sitting in front of me was saying 3 nothing final score, and it was looking that way for, for a long time. And I think both head coaches went into that game saying offense don't lose us the game and defense keep it in it and eventually we'll pop a big play and first half comes and goes not much is going either side of the ball and then you know we get to the second half Virginia Tech has a nice drive they put together one good drive take that 
lead seven to three. Oh, oh, oh you're going too fast. Too you're fast. Going too fast. Okay. You're going too fast. All right. I, I, lead us. Listen, people count on me to be honest. All right. And and you say I'm the bad cop, you, you know, on the on the Garner Golf Gambling Group. I'm known as hating ass Joe. In the first half of that football game, I'm watching Jack Chambers, who's a fifth year player, a graduate transfer. After a week of practice of off, a week of being off and being able to prepare. And I'm asking myself, what on earth is happening in practice that Dave Doran and Tim Beck are coming to the conclusion that Jack Chambers is the answer at quarterback? Okay? Because he he wasn't able to complete passes down. Now, credit, they took more shots down the field in the first half. He was off with his passes in the first half. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why are you playing? Why? How did you? What process led you to thinking that the best possible way to win the football game was starting Jack Chambers? Because I couldn't come up with a single reason. My guess is his experience. They thought he's not going to lose us the game. We have a really good defense. He's going to take care of the football. And eventually his running ability, our running game, something is going to pop. And we'll be able to score okay. some points. After he airmailed the shot down the sideline to Thayer, what was a deep out, it wasn't a shot, it was a yeah. deep out. They finally came to their senses and said, we're going to put MJ Morris into the game. Which, which the I wonder if they, this was a plan. I, I, I have a I, feeling it was okay, a plan. I'm going to give you, you want to give them credit for having a plan. I'm just sitting here saying to myself, I don't understand the thought process that leads you to watch your practice. I'm not at practice. Practice is not open to anyone other than the team. Okay. And that, that's the way it should be. But I don't know, as someone who makes $5 million a year, I don't know what you're watching that you look at something and go, this is the answer. This is how to get us home. Because, quite frankly, Mike, I've watched enough football to know Thayer Thomas, who's almost 25 years old, is your best player and should get the ball repeatedly. And, hmm, what happened in the second half? Hmm. Okay. So now they, they come to their senses. They put MJ Morris into the game. All right. I'm still seeing a whole lot of the offense designed for Jack Chambers being run by MJ Morris. Infuriating. Okay. It's infuriating is what it is. And NC State won the football game and we will get to the part where they won the football game. But you can't sit here and tell me that you had all this time off and this is the best crap that you can come up with. A quarterback draw. Like I I have super techmo over here and it's a better playbook than what I saw in the first half last night. If you is that am I am I angry enough for you? Am I angry enough for you right now? Okay, they start the game. (laughs) They throw a little bubble screen to Thayer Thomas. He gets blown up. Fair. Second play, RPO throws a little stick route. Ball gets tipped. That's just a a product of maybe he's being limited. He's a short guy. You know, you got to get the ball out. Third play, they run a screen to Jordan Houston. So I'm thinking, okay, they're not going to be as conservative with him. They're actually going to throw him the ball. Now these are safe passes, Mm -hmm. but. They're going to let him throw the ball. They did. In, in fairness to them, there were plays that were designed to go down the field, and he missed He missed, he missed some and throws and missed some tight windows. As much windows. as we're going to hype up there, which he deserves. He did also have a drop okay. early in that game on kind of that seam bender route that he went on and caught a couple more. Okay. So did Jack Chambers play great? Did he miss some throws? Yes, he did. But calling a spade a spade, he also made a really good throw to the best player on the team, and he dropped it. So what did they do with the bye week? I don't know. And I mean, also, there's a difference between practice in the game. 
Jack might look good in practice. Sure. There's a big difference between I've, I've been around plenty of players, plenty of quarterbacks. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you were there the first that, year that Russell was in camp and everyone said, oh, my God, he's, he's unbelievable in practice. And Tom basically refused to play him that year in the first year when when Tom came back and said, I should have played him that first year. But I, it's usually <laughs> there's some guys that have the it factor where they're not great in practice and then they get to the game. And you're like, who is that? I've been with some of those quarterbacks. Yeah. More times than not, I see guys that are really good in practice and they get to the games. and okay. It's not as good. So. He might look good in practice, and maybe they were like, hey, let's get... They didn't know what they had in MJ. MJ might have been the opposite. He might be the gamer, where he hasn't been as sharp in practice. All of a sudden, he comes in the game, they got something. Okay. I think it's fair to point that out. I didn't love it. I didn't <laughs> love it. That being said, I didn't hate the first half either. If that's if you're deciding we're going to play Iowa football and we're going to win 9-3, to three, fine. It's 3 nothing at the half question for you are football coaches stubborn or do they just not like winning there's some of the most stubborn people in the world okay third quarter virginia tech decides now you know my opinion of dave clausen from wake forest i believe he's the best coach not only the acc i believe he's the best coach in college football okay what does wake forest do better than anyone else well They identify receivers on the recruiting trail. They bring receivers in. Then they give those receivers a chance to make plays down the field. At the risk of being being very basic with a complex offense, Wake Forest takes more shots down the field and lets their athletic receivers make plays. That's, That's essentially what they do. That's essentially why they're successful. Yes, there's the slow mesh. Yes, Sam Hartman is a good quarterback. Yes, they call good plays. Yes, Dave Clawson's a great coach. But ultimately, they take shots down the field, and they try to make plays down the field. As a quarterback, there's there's certain outcomes on a deep shot, right? You complete the pass. Look at us. Hey, look at us. <laughs> Two, it's incomplete. So what? Move it along to the next down. Three, you get a pass interference call. That's 15 yards in college football. That's pretty good. Four, it's intercepted. So what? It's an arm punt. So out of those four possibilities... What are we really risking here? And now you see the next level brain that's required from Dave Clawson, who looks at those four possibilities and says, this is my path to winning football games against teams who have more money, against teams who have better recruiting, teams who have better facilities, who have shinier whistles, more fans, louder stadiums, LED lights, you name it. How does this guy always turn around and kick your ass? Those four things I just said. Virginia Tech in the third quarter of the football game decides, hey, take some shots to Caleb Smith down the field. Guess what? They hit a couple. They scored. They take the lead. 7-3, right? Hit another shot. It's 14-3. You're in the stadium. What are you thinking? 14-3. Now, 14-3. Not even, we're not even at 21-3 yet. I happened to walk by this guy with slick back hair and was like, oh my gosh, they just threw a long touchdown on us. And uh, yeah, that person was Joe Giglio. Um, I'm thinking... Man, this might be a long five games. If if Virginia Tech just threw it deep on us, to your point, what is Wake Forest going to do? What is Sam Hartman going to do when him and A.T. Perry and all those guys come in? Um, I, I mean, place was silent. I thought it was over. People I mean, it was, ba- it was bad. It's a Thursday night game. People have an alarm clock set the, for 6 o'clock. So. Honestly, what I'm thinking is our conversation last week with my brother, when you go, Sean, this is the worst team in the ACC, and all of a sudden – NC State is getting waxed by the worst team in the ACC. I'm like, 
all these preseason expectations, possibly the best team in NC State history. Yes, they're without their quarterback, but how did this go south so quickly? Um, I, I thought it was over. The third quarter was bad, but I want to give Virginia Tech credit for what I just said. They realized our best way to win this game is to take some shots down the field. That's what they did. There wasn't, there's not sorcery here. Jimbo Fisher just gave this long, you know, Jimbo in his Jimbo way about there's no such thing as a recruiting pitch. There's no magic dust. There's no this. It's just honesty. I am being as honest with you as I can possibly be right now. Virginia Tech took a couple deep shots. Lo and behold, they hit a couple. They take a 21 to 3 lead. Now, MJ Morris is playing the third quarter. The offensive line is struggling. What did you see that changed? In, at the end of the third quarter, because with about four minutes left in the third quarter, it looked like to me, we've been told that MJ Morris is the future of NC State football. And what it looked like to me was the future started with about four minutes left at the end of the third quarter. 100% agree. I mean, this guy did not look like a true freshman out there. He was slinging around. He was thing that impressed me the most about MJ Morris was he was getting the ball out on time. He had a plan with what he was going to do with it. He didn't look rattled. As a young guy, sometimes things look like things are flying around. Like, you don't even know what you're looking at. He looked comfortable out there. And he has an arm. He's accurate. He can throw it down the field. The future looks bright, and it's now. I mean, this guy is going to step in. And this sounds actually crazy to say. That, against a bad Virginia Tech team, that might have been the best NC State's offense has looked this season, including with Devin Leary. All right, we're going to get more. And now that the blood is flowing out of the top of my head, I'm going to calm myself down, and we are going to talk about the good parts from last night's game. We'll talk about the fourth quarter and NC State's 22-21 win over Virginia Tech right after this on Pack Therapy. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. All right, so we've seen angry Joe. Irrational. I don't know. I still feel pretty rational about my, my theories there, so I'm okay with that. Let's get into the good parts from last night's come from behind win. NC State falls behind 21-3. There's four minutes left in the third quarter. Suddenly, the light bulb goes on, almost as if watching Virginia Tech take shots downfield leads to Tim Beck say, maybe we should take some shots down the field. Lo and behold, MJ Morris, who started the game 8-15, of 
All right. We said he's supposed to be the future of the program. The future probably started last night. NC State's down 21-3. He's 8 of 15, no scores. Finishes the game from that point. 12 of 15, 184 yards, three scores. Win, 22-21. It was unbelievable. What what did you see, Mike Lennon, the quarterback who actually knows what they're looking at? To to be a true freshman playing in a primetime game, ACC, I don't even care if they're playing, you know, Charleston Southern, it's not easy to go in there as a true freshman to play, let alone you're down 21 to three and you got to rally the troops. I mean, you look around the huddle as a young guy, you see all these redshirt seniors, you see Thayer Thomas. I mean, these guys are five years older than you. Yeah. You feel like a kid out there. And to do what he did, it was special. I mean, that was an incredible performance. And, you know, dating back, I mean, you think of uh, of um, Devin last year versus Carolina and Clemson, but I mean, it was, it was one of the most impressive quarterback performances I can think of in recent NC State history. So, he just looked poised. He, he looked like he belonged out there. He he made the throws. Like you said, they pushed the ball down the field, but he was accurate. He wasn't just kind of like throwing it up there and hoping his guy got it. He, he was making some really good throws. He's got arm talent. You can see it. He's got a little bit of a whip. Um, you can tell he's smart. He was right on with his, with his reads. He was finding the open guy. I really don't have enough good things to say about about this kid. Why do you think it took? You're down twenty one three. You got to start throwing it down the field. Okay. There's no other choice. Okay. I mean, so this is about the game plan. This is about the scheme. And then when you are left with no other choice, you got to throw the whole. Let's win with our defense. Let's slow the game down, and that's out the window. Okay. I mean, it's a. I don't know if there's a, a section of uh, Tim Beck's call sheet that says these are our chunk plays. These are the plays we go to when we need explosives. But they got to go into that. They got to reach into a, a different part of the game plan. You're down 21-3. I mean, there's no choice. You can't be running screens. You can't be running draws. You can't be running zone reads. You got to push the ball down the field. Shouts to Terrell Timmons. Makes the big play down the field. One of the deep shots. I really thought that, even though at that point it was already 21-10, I felt like that play, that shot, Got the crowd that was still there. Yeah. Gave them a little bit of, uh-oh, we could actually win this yeah. game. Life. Nice play by a young kid on the outside. And that might be, they practice together. That might be one of those type yeah. of connections, right? And when you're I, I want to point out freshmen. to that as well. Earlier in the game, they ran the exact same concept with MJ Morris. And he had, so that was a post. And you have to have the perfect cover to throw the post. And it's kind of like when you when you go through progressions, you always say alert the post versus quarters coverage. Earlier in the game, MJ Morris had it, and he didn't throw it. So I'm sure they went to the sideline and said, hey, we call this play again. Your antennas are up. If they give us this coverage, throw the post. And he did. And, and to your point, that's the guy that MJ Morris was probably working with. And MJ Morris, he was probably on scout team, to be honest. Yeah. He probably wasn't even getting you know a ton of reps with, with any of these guys, let alone Thayer Thomas. So you bring up that throw. I thought it was really the, throw, the touchdown of Thayer. I mean, to that Thayer. ball was put right on the money. In um, step, yeah. That kind of probably gave him the confidence, but it was still, yeah, hey, we're down eleven. Like we got, we got some damage to to make up for that next throw. I, at that point, I actually thought NC State was going to win. It was like, okay, they're not, they're going to score on this drive, and now they're only down four, and you could feel the momentum shifting back, and, and it looked like NC State was the superior team that they're expected to be, thirteen and a half point favorites, mm-hmm. I believe. You started to see that from that point on. Um, so I think confidence is a big thing at the quarterback position. I think he started feeling himself a little. He's like, okay, 
I belong. I can do this. I wasn't so sure if I could. Now I know I, I can make plays out here and um, he didn't look back. I say this as, as humbly as possible because people really hate it when you try to tell them, look, see, I'm really smart. I know what I'm talking about. I promise. Thayer Thomas had 10 catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns. I, I get that it's obvious at, that, at this point that Thayer Thomas should, should have been more involved in the offense all along. But do you see what happens when Thayer Thomas is involved in the offense and you don't try to outsmart yourself by thinking, you know, we really need to get Porter Rooks involved on this series. You know, we really need to get, we need to sub in our fifth string package. Like there are some adjustments there that have been made on the sub packages in particular at the receiver position that I will give them credit for making, but this should have been obvious, like paint by numbers stuff from the jump. You're not that deep. Yeah. You know, I agree. I mean, <laughs> college football is a little different than NFL. We we're trying to develop guys, sure. trying to get them some reps. But that's Thera- the Charleston Southern game. That's Thera- the UConn game. Thera Thomas should not leave the field. He should be playing right. 90 plus snaps. And even when it's run plays, he's a willing and able blocker. Yeah. So leave him out there. And you could tell that these quarterbacks, they wanted to throw to Thayer. I wouldn't say they were locking onto him. But there was a security blanket yeah. aspect to it of, okay, if I throw to him, something good is going to happen. Or or like you kind of hinted at, it might be incomplete, but nothing bad's going to come of it throwing to Thayer Thomas. So more Devin Carter this game too. Where's yeah. he been? Um, <laughs> that's a good I mean, he, was hurt. He, he was hurt, didn't play against Syracuse. I'm sure he's been dealing with whatever he's been dealing the whole season. Because he just doesn't seem like he's been right the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, he but five he, catches, 62 yards. He made some of those nice intermediate plays, I thought, uh, to, keep, to keep MJ in rhythm. Yeah. I thought the receivers did help him some. I, I no, listen, I don't think MJ was, was perfect. Okay. Uh, had the, the shot down the middle to, to Trent Penix that was ill advised. Got a little bit lucky on an end zone jump ball that should have been picked that wasn't after the, after the shot to Timmons. So. Sorry, that was the uh, that was first half right before the field goal. Oh, okay. But okay. either way, then you walk away with no points. You head into halftime. He's probably feeling a little defeated. At that point, the coaches might be saying, "Hey, do we stick with Jack?" You know. So it, I mean, he, so did, he did have some things go his way, but sometimes you have to be a little bit lucky, right? On his on his bad decisions, he got away with it. On his good decisions, the, his 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 teammates helped him as they should. But there were some of those throws in there that you're like, okay. This is a little bit different. This could be a little bit special. For sure. He he has some big time throws. And then on the flip side, he has a wide open Trent Penix where Virginia Tech completely sure. blows the coverage. But, but I again, thought, I thought Trent was a boost to the offense as was. they had hoped it would be. He got hurt against ECU, comes back finally in this game, gives you somebody. I felt they, his speed. Um, you felt his playmaking ability. They probably wanted Chris Tootle to give you that inside receiver type help. And he dropped a couple passes. They have, they've obviously lost trust in him, but Penix coming back adds a different dimension to the offense. Would like to point that out. Still no Demi Sumo. Uh, ankle sprain against Florida State. Had one of those tricky ankles that are tough to come back from. Love to see him come back next week against Wake Forest. Uh, and, and I want to give the defense some credit because I thought it's it's easy for me to say take shots down the field. Right. I, I don't. I'm a no nothing nobody. I thought Virginia Tech was smart in the third quarter by making those shots. And then you could sit here and say, well, why didn't they continue to take shots to number 80? But then you look, go back and look at the film and you go, oh, 
because Peyton Wilson was blowing up the play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, shouts to Peyton Wilson. I thought he had the first two sacks of the season, but I thought he was a disruptor in the fourth quarter. I thought the defense played really well to give up no points in, in the first I half. Was, I think they finished. I think Virginia Tech finished with negative four yards in the fourth quarter. Right, and in the third quarter, like I said, they had one long drive. That was a good drive of Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. You give up a deep shot for a touchdown. That's going to happen at times. You're not going to yeah. go a whole season yeah. without getting beat occasionally. And, and the other one, he guy just kind of threw it up after he scrambled a little bit. I mean, those, those plays are going to happen. So they got a ton of pressure on Grant Wells, the yes. quarterback. Got sacked him. They had four sacks on the day. And negative, you said negative four mm-hmm. yards in the, in the fourth quarter? Other smart adjustment, I thought, by Tony Gibson. Aiden White was not covering Smith in the third quarter. I'm pretty sure they shadowed Smith with Aiden White in the, after both of those successful deep shots. So, again, there's a yin and a yang, a push and a pull. And the first half was a stalemate. The third quarter was like disaster for NC State. The fourth quarter... They somehow reel you back in. Like you're on the concourse in the third quarter. You're out there. We're talking to fans. We see fans. And you realize these people are like fed up. Like they are. And to your point, it's it's about what was the season supposed to be. And now all of a sudden you're you're watching this. And it's, it was surreal to me that Virginia Tech, who's not having a good season, and by all means with 10, 10, False start penalties? Buddy, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk when it comes to Virginia Tech's offensive coordinator. And I'm not trying to be a jerk to all these defensive coaches who get head coaching jobs. But if you don't trust the person who's calling your place, you're in serious trouble. You're letting that person mess with your money. Mike Lennon, you made a bunch of money in the NFL. Would you let anyone mess with your money? Would what, you? What is Would me you? playing quarterback in the NFL have anything to do with a head coach? Hiring an officer because you're letting somebody mess with your money when you have 10 false start penalties. <laughs> do you practice? Like, what are you doing that you have 10 false start penalties? How's that even possible you in let, a football game? You let St. Peter's mess with your money. I did, but uh, it was those, a little bit those, different. Those false starts were bad. I mean, I, I do agree that you have to hire a, a coach that you trust and. I mean, you're you're tied to him forever. That's mm-hmm. what what you do. You know, if you win, you're you're with him. But if if you go down, the ship's going down, and as it should, you're the head coach. You make those decisions, and it's on you for everything. Everything that goes on in the program, it falls on you as the head coach. Um, but those those precept penalties were bad. I don't understand how at that level you could have that many. It's not like it was like the Seattle twelfth man out there last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. So for as we wrap this up, this very eventful episode of Pack Therapy. Look at you pushing back at me. Look at like I have cockamamie theories. Okay, don't don't try to question the logic of the cockamamie theories. That's, we need to get that guy, the guy from St. Peter's, the, the guy with the stash who made all the threes. <laughs> yeah, we need to get him on. The Listen, show. Mike, it's not time for that right now. That's a different therapy. Uh, four games left. Wake Forest this week. BC on the twelfth. At Louisville, at Carolina, I got one question today from a fan. What is a realistic expectation for the final four games? Realistic, you go two and two. Okay. Um, I think that's realistic. We talked about eight and four being a number that you could if get If you would have asked me midway through the third quarter, I would have said 0 and 5 was realistic, mm-hmm. or 0 and 4. 
um, MJ showed some juice, spark a spark. I think, can they go up and down with Sam Hartman? That might be tough, but they're going to be able to put some points on the board. Um, when you go through the rest of the schedule, I mean, it's going to be tough, but two wins is, is definitely realistic. All right. Hopefully this episode of Pack Therapy helped you. I tried to cover all of the range of emotions for the fans out there. Of course, you can download a new episode of Pack Therapy on WRLSportsFan.com, Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. We're there every Friday on WRL Sports Plus. We're available at 6 o'clock. Tune in. It's 12.57 on Spectrum or 34 over the air. Or go check out our YouTube page. Just search for 99.9 The Fan. You can catch Mike Glennon trying to question the logic to my theories. I'm going to have to have a serious talk with him off the air about the, the dynamic of this program. But we'll be back next week for another edition of Fact Therapy. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.